Looking for a special gift for that fag in your life? Whoa, 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 whoa. Get that friend of Armstrong and Getty some A&G merch. New for 19, our latest A&G logo tees, hoodies, and more. The Punch Violence in the Face t-shirt or the Castagat Redendo Morris tee is available. The Yo, Yo, Yo and the updated Stupid Should Hurt tee. The new Cal Unicornia state flag tee. We even brought back our classic A&G ketchup and mustard logo. Buy them now at the Armstrong and Getty Superstore. Find it at armstrongandgetty.com. Flushing toilets ten times, fifteen times, as opposed to once. I don't. What, I don't. I, I've only heard that clip of Trump talking about <laughs> flushing toilets ten or fifteen times, and I have no idea what the context of it is. So it doesn't matter. We can talk about that later. Yeah, I read it briefly, and I'm still mystified. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. We got them. people are flushing toilets ten times, fifteen <laughs> I times. I don't know that they are. Once. But like a week, or in your lifetime, or per day, or just to get rid of the duty per Jack. sitting. Exactly. Nobody's flushing their toilet ten times per per duty. Uh, counterpoint. People are flushing toilets <laughs> ten times, fifteen times, as fifteen. I'm telling you, you're an optimist if after, you know, 12 or 13, you think maybe the 14th will do the trick. <laughs> um, we have an impeachment happening, people. Still happening. We have oh, an impeachment yeah. hearing happening. So just just so you know what's going on, you got the House uh, Intelligence Committee lawyer come over to the Judiciary Committee today to report what they found. To read back some of the testimony, I guess. So this will be the third time we're hearing the same people say the same thing, in effect. And uh, the intelligence uh, investigator lawyer, Dan Goldman, will lay it all out. Uh, Republican lawyer is going to be there. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to do because the White House said, nah, go ahead, do whatever you want. We don't care. (laughs) Which I think is a pretty good strategy. So old Fat-headed Jerry Nadler is going to run his uh, dog and pony show today, and nobody will pay much attention. Still conversation over the weekend that I find fascinating of the, uh, the the strategy, and there are some in the Democratic Party who want to take this to the wall. Let's let's subpoena the big guys, Giuliani, Bolton, Mulvaney, the the chief of staff. Let's it, whatever, however long it takes, let it go to the Supreme Court. Let's do this fully and thoroughly, and then you know the people in charge are saying no. Right, and then there's a sizable coalition of Democrats that's mostly keeping their mouths shut, who think let's just drop this. Right, right. Let's just let's just legislate. Let's come up with a couple of big wins between now and November. Um, so that's you know that's the conflict within the Democratic Party. But I read a piece uh, that was quoting Alan Dershowitz pretty extensively that I found interesting. It, it it annoys me, although I've gotten used to it. Everybody, you know, words matter, spin matters, the way you phrase things matters, and people are trying to to uh, describe Trump wanting Biden investigated in the most awful sounding, terrible terms. It's always he wanted a political rival investigated. He wanted uh, Ukraine to, uh, or he wanted to uh, involve a foreign power to affect our election. And that is, it's true, certainly, uh, you know, it's at least true as far as it goes. But Alan Dershowitz made a couple of good points, I thought, uh, doing interviews on uh, on Fox News over the weekend. And 
one of the things that keeps getting left out is Trump. Trump just wanted Biden investigated because the mainstream media has no interest in the sins of Democrats. And it makes Trump crazy. So I don't think he had the election in mind. He just had, why are they investigating me every single second and ignoring this in mind? Because of the way Trump is. But Dershowitz um, has said that, among other things, he thinks the next Democrat elected president will be impeached as the result of the same open-ended criteria. He said, and I quote, they've created an open-ended criteria which bear no relationship to the word of the Constitution itself. This will set a terrible precedent which will weaponize impeachment and the next Democrat will get impeached. It's hard to find any president, modern president, old president, who can't be accused of abuse of power in one way or another. He said, how many foreign policy decisions have been made by presidents over the years in order to help them get reelected. If we start making that an impeachable offense, there will be no presidents left. Well, as I've been I've been saying that for quite a while that I think we're going to move into an era where if the opposite party controls the house, we'll impeach the president every time. Cuz there's always something going right. on that you could use. Right. And the, and the dumb thing Trump did was bringing up the, the Biden thing personally on the phone with Zelensky when he has people he has people who have people. All he had to say to them was, listen, I'm hearing about how there was dirty dealing in the Obama administration, but nobody's interested in investigating it. Look into it for me. See if there's anything there. Talk to Zelensky. Ask him to look into it from his end. And if there's, uh, if there's something worth looking at, let's look at it. That's all he had to do. It went nowhere. It's, it's, everybody's fine. Nobody's been damaged by this. And his pri- I'm telling you, his primary motivation was not to, quote-unquote, affect the 2020 election. It was frustration that, for instance, Fast and Furious swept under the carpet while the Washington Post and New York Times write about the damn emoluments clause on a weekly basis. And, and like a lot of conservatives, it makes Trump crazy. That's his primary motivation. Anyway, uh, this will go nowhere, and I'm wasting your time, and I apologize for that. Well, I, I, re- I read the Dershowitz stuff, and I thought it uh, was interesting and compelling also. But uh, would you like me to give the brief summary of the other side of it from another sure. respected um, legal mind? So Dershowitz, yeah. uh, he, he has some believability there because he voted for Hillary Clinton, and he doesn't like Donald Trump. He's a lifetime Democrat. Um, here's a guy who wrote a book called Impeach the Case Against Donald Trump. His name is Neil Katal, Katchel. I don't know how you pronounce his name. You've probably seen him on cable news shows. He has some um, uh, heft because he, for instance, argued for Gorsuch. Uh, he thought Gorsuch was a good choice on the Supreme Court. But he thinks what Trump did was wrong. And I read like the first paragraph of his book last night. And he basically says in the first chapter, imagine this scenario. Imagine if the Ukrainians had announced they were opening an investigation, because as we all know, the investigation itself wasn't important. It seems that what Trump and Giuliani were wanting was the announcement of the investigation. Uh-huh. Imagine if the president of Ukraine had announced that we're, in, we're investigating Hunter Biden and his connections to his father, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what a story that would have been, in a, you know either on the debate stage or the campaign trail or whatever. If it had caused... Uh, Joe Biden to not be able to get to nomination, that announcement. What does that mean for the power of somebody in office to uh, affect who they're running against? And the and his argument is, 
Um, so people who say, let the next election settle it, well, if a guy is trying to affect the next election, you can't let the next election settle it because he's calling the shots on who he runs against. That's his argument. Right, right. I, I, yeah, I mean, and that's that's reasonable as far as it goes, but if there's nothing there, then, you know, Biden can claim there's nothing there. And if there's some corruption there, then... There's corruption. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it works that way. I, th- I, th- I think if the president of Ukraine had announced we're investigating the Biden family, that would have been huge, whether it turned out to be true or not. Yeah, I know devastating it, but the, for Biden. The problem is, and I've said this before, you can't grant someone immunity from all investigation, suspicion, or whatever because they're in the very preliminary uh, moments of maybe running for president. That's certainly true, because uh, that that would be an immunity shot from here on out. I'm going right. to run for president, so you can't look into it, because uh, right. I'm running for yeah. president. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a decent point. I don't know how you square that one. Yeah. Well, again, if Trump had just had somebody say, Rudy, probably, uh, hey, go look into this, see if there's anything there. With, I know my... with the old man tied to what Hunter Biden was doing, uh, nobody would have heard of this, and it would be fine. I Hunter, know... you're a loser. My position pleases no one, makes everybody angry. My position is I think Trump was trying to use the presidency to damage a rival. I don't think he should be impeached. There, now everybody's mad. Right. And, and I think the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign in a way that ain't cool, even if it turns out that the IG says it was legal. I don't like that that you can do that. Those well, are all I things s- I will believe the rest of my life, regardless of any reports or hearings or anything. I believe I speak for everyone when I say your opinion is stupid and you should <laughs> shut up. There. Uh, so there you have it. There it's, uh, oh, you know what? We ought to dig this up. I, I kept going back and forth on whether it was worth playing, but I think it really is. It was during the last uh, House um, uh, Intelligence Committee hearing, and I'm pretty sure it was Jim Jordan who was talking to John, He was questioning Jonathan Turley, and he went through a long list of presidents making demands of foreign countries that were ser- self-serving, essentially, to the president. And it was a great history lesson on some of the covert, little-known episodes in American history. Um, I wonder if we could find that. Sean, I don't don't know exactly how to describe it to you. Maybe we can figure it out off the air. But it was incredibly instructive. I mean, it was this. Come on now, folks. We're talking about the exercise of the greatest power on Earth. There are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that look a little ugly. When you shine a bright light on them, which doesn't make them right. You know, the past doesn't excuse the present. But I just I think some of this stuff is it was trying to affect the election. I just I find it a little naive. So um, a couple of things I want to talk about throughout today uh, with the Golden Globe announcements out. Modern movie watching habits, which I came across over the weekend, are kind of interesting. Probably going to change the way they make movies. Um, We need to link. The woman dancing from Saturday Night Live. We need to get a chunk of that. Need Oof. to discuss that. Probably label it. I don't know if you would you label it not safe for work. I didn't show it to my kids because I don't know. I don't know. Is that sexual or is that just? I don't know what that was. Um, well, and and the banana, Jack. We need to discuss the banana. The banana. The art banana. All right, the art banana. That's story. right. All yep. on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
So if you saw Saturday Night Live, you saw a rapper or act. I don't know if it is is he the baby. He is the baby. Yes, the baby. Yes, da the yes. baby. The baby performed two songs, and one interesting thing about the baby, which is quite the uh, visual spectacle, is he has a woman come out and do a handstand in uh, in super super tight tights. So she she looks well. She basically looks naked, and she's a very fleshy gal. And she's, she's walking on her hands, and she's activating her glutes rapidly <laughs> in, in such a way that everything jiggles. And so her, her rather large buttocks is just jiggling all over the place like a bowl full of jelly in your face, upside down with her legs spread apart in front of him. So now, is this is this your first exposure to the act of twerking? Well, no, I've seen twerking, uh, the, the standing up like Miley Cyrus twerking. Yeah, so that's Not just, upside down that's, twerking. That's a handstand uh, increasing the de- degree of difficulty of the twerking. And I think, well, it's I, admirable. Well, and I think her uh, uh, jiggly body mm-hmm. adds something to it mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's just a flapping everywhere. And it's just crazy. And she comes out and does it during the, the first song. And then the next song, she comes out and randomly does it and then goes off the stage. Good work if you can get it. I she, she is also <laughs> featured in a number of uh, baby's music videos, from my understanding as well. baby needs the diaper changed. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. That's uh, that's something. That passes for entertainment these days, huh? Well, I was entertaining. I was entertained. Um, He's like a little baby. <laughs> we have got several giant news stories going on, and the wrong one is getting all the attention. So you got the impeachment hearing going on. An impeachment is a big deal. But we all know what's going to happen. He will be impeached. He will not be convicted. So, you know, there's that. Uh, the other story is the IG report on the genesis of the Mueller investigation. All that's going to come out today, or, or some of that's going to come out today. The most important state uh, story is the Washington Post out with 400 pages of interviews with people involved in the war in Afghanistan that shows us for 18 years we've been lied to by our own government about a war that had no point and was unwinnable. And Marshall's got more of that coming up in his news in a little bit. It's absolutely, uh, well, it's one of those things that is shocking, incredibly shocking, but not the least bit surprising. No. Uh, Just history repeats itself over and over and over again. Boy, that, you know, and I understand why people who, who, uh, who, who really fight against starting any wars do so. Because once they start, you can't stop them no matter what. Um, they always go off in strange directions. That's always a possibility, you know, and lead to further conflicts and all that sort of stuff. But you can't stop them. Once it, once one a conflict gets started, you just you, they're impossible to stop. Well, particularly the modern sort of conflict that is not the old school, we're going to batter you till you capitulate and you can't hurt us again. This is, we're going to beat you down and occupy you and build you into a Jeffersonian democracy or at least something closer to it and pave your roads and build your schools and won't you be our friend now? Meanwhile, the insurgents are saying, no, absolutely not, not under any circumstances, and and it just goes on and on and on. We spent gazillions of dollars, like a trillion dollars in Afghanistan, paved roads through the whole country that are all destroyed now. Right. Um, and, and lots of examples of that sort of stuff. And that end of it, you have to wonder about graft. How many people made how much money by paving roads knowing these won't last a month, but I don't care? Beware the military-industrial complex. Lots right. of people made a, made lifetimes worth of fortunes 
out of paving roads in the middle of nowhere in Afghanistan, knowing that a car would never be driven across them. But who cares? I'm getting rich. Well, and a lot of those roads, to the extent they're being used, they're being used by the Taliban Taliban to profit from the opium trade. So we're actually, you know, aiding them. It's it's quite galling and amazing. And we'll uh, talk about it in a minute. Michael, we need some transition music, please. Come on now. That's just it's such a downer. <laughs> Here's my favorite part. Ah, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> Tell you what, everybody dance. Do that upside down twerking if you know how. Hey! So, alright, that's enough. That's it. Turn it off! You've probably heard about this, you read about this, you've seen this. The, <laughs> there's some Miami Beach art gallery place where tourists squandered their dollars because they're half drunk. And uh, they had this big art display, including a new sculpture by the Italian artist Maurizio Catalan. It's a banana duct taped to the wall. All right. Do you get to call yourself an artist if you do that? It's titled Comedian Jack, and it is priced at, depending who you ask, one hundred to $150,000. Okay, Joe, hold on a second. I just oh, set right. my coffee cup on top of a remote control. Oh, wow. That's and, a real comment and, on and, uh, the uh, hurried, flicking attention media, span of the over modern. Caffeinated, yeah, yeah attention span, right, media, yeah. television, everything like that. I'm pricing this at mm, $1.2 million. You could probably get away with it. So anyway, uh, so, many, so many people crowded this art gallery to see the banana, and one guy ate it. Oh, man. <laughs> that the uh, gallery has taken it down because it was just too chaotic, which I find uh, hilarious. But, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Times, with an article by their art critic, whose name is Jason Farago, a defense of the $120,000 banana in which he explains why it really is art. I will explain after Marshall's news. Fantastic. I have posted my modern art caffeinated news cycle. I have tweeted it out. It's a coffee cup on a remote control, and I want $1.2 million for it. The fact that the coffee cup is on the remote control instead of the inverse is fascinating to me. The way the caffeination oppresses the the very essence of the news is potent. Okay. So what happened with the banana guy? The guy well, with the banana? they had to take the banana down because it was just too crazy. Um, and uh, and this uh, art critic in the in the New York Times uh, goes into a defense of the banana. Uh, first of all, I've been dismayed uh, that it's been endlessly photographed and parodied over the course of its one-week life. Almost nobody has discussed that it is not just a banana. It is a banana and a piece of duct tape, and this is a significant difference. Comedian is not a what that's what they call the banana duct tape to the wall. Comedian is not a one-note dadaist imposture in which a commodity is proclaimed a week of a work of art. Comedian is a sculpture, one that continues Mr. Catalan's decade-long reliance on suspension to make the obvious seem ridiculous and to deflate and defeat the pretensions of earlier art. So there you go. So is that uh, is that like an attempt to see how gullible people are, or or is that people actually believe that crap? I think people can convince themselves to believe about anything. Huh? 
It's actually a comment about art, Jack. It's brilliant art about art. All right. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the Washington Post dropping a major story today. Confidential documents obtained by the WAPO reveal top U.S. officials misled the American public about the war in Afghanistan in order to conceal doubts about the likelihood that the U.S. could be successful in the nearly 20-year effort since its earliest days. And, of course, of course this is true, but pointing out in case you, you don't know, you got a Republican administration for eight years and a Democratic administration for eight years. And you got lied to by both of them. That's just the way it works. That's the way wars work. You lie to the people about what you're trying to accomplish, whether you're reaching your goals. At every step of the way, it's it's so maddening, so frustrating, and, and none of it really should be surprising. Been asking that question myself on this very radio show for years. What are we trying to accomplish? Why Why couldn't we leave today and have the same result of when we leave five years from now or five years ago? Well, they are saying the same thing behind the scenes. You know, it's funny with democracies. It's, not, it's funny strange, not funny ha-ha. It's, it's like we never get out of adolescence. We never become an adult with any wisdom. And here's what I mean. No president wants to be the president who loses a war or admits that they lost a war. Maybe we need to mature and become an adult country that is able to say, we tried this and we were partially successful, but this turned out to be really, really complicated in a way that we hadn't anticipated, and so we're just going to pull out. We're going to sell that house, we're going to sell that stock, we're going to leave that company, we're going to leave that war... And say, yeah, it didn't work out quite the way we expected it to, but let's look to the future. We can't do that? Apparently that is impossible, be you a Democrat or a Republican. Year after year, U.S. officials failed to tell the public the truth about the war in Afghanistan. The strategy became self-validating, says one retired Army colonel. Every data point was altered to present the best picture. Yeah. Yeah, the very numbers that they would present were doctored. Uh, here's Doug Lute, who I used to see on uh, Charlie Rose's show all the time. He uh, served as the White House's Afghanistan war czar under Bush and Obama. We were devoid of a fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't know what we were doing. That's eh, not what you were saying on Charlie Rose, as I remember it. Um, it's just, god dang it, it's so maddening. 18-year-long war, yep. nobody having any idea. How's this going to end? What's the point? Does anybody remember what the point is? These things that we are trying to do, is there any realistic expectation that we can do them? Uh, the, the various you know institutions we're trying to build in, in the Afghanistan government, the, the army and the, the, the police force and the institutions of government, the only building material we seem to have here is sand, and it keeps washing away the minute we turn our back. You've got to be sane enough to admit that as a country and say, hey, we're not going to throw any more human beings and money at this. Sorry, Afghanistan. Good luck. You live in a hellhole. Meanwhile, the impeachment inquiry into President Trump is continuing today. they got a hearing going on in the House Judiciary Committee with the chairman, Jerry Nadler, opening the hearing saying Trump betrayed his oath of office by withholding military aid while pressuring Ukraine to investigate Democrats. Georgia Republican Doug Collins called the impeachment process a sham. Where's the impeachable offense? Why are we here? Why are we here? Yeah, he had an interesting opening. He said with Nixon it was, what did the president know and when did he know it? 
with uh, with uh, Hillary Clinton, it was um, I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky, and whether or not I lied and all I did, the perjury and all that sort of that, stuff. That was actually Bill Clinton. Bill who did Clinton. That one. Did I say Hillary Clinton? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bill Clinton. Um, well, that's and, a twist. And Colin says, "What is? What are we talking about here?" So. He's just trying to make it um, uh, too complicated for people to follow and, uh, and and get a grasp of simply, I guess. And the Justice Department's internal watchdog is going to be releasing a report today on the origins of the Russia investigation, which is expected to say that there was enough evidence to begin the investigation, but the report also goes on to say there were indeed many errors made during the investigation. That investigation secretly begun during the 2016 presidential campaign was eventually taken over by special counsel Robert Mueller. One last note, the uh, trial that the nation has been watching so intently has ended. A Los Angeles jury finding Elon Musk did not defame a British cave explorer when he called him pedo guy in an angry tweet. Vernon Unsworth, who participated in the rescue of 12 boys and their soccer coach that were trapped for weeks in a Thai cave last year, angered the Tesla CEO by belittling his effort to help with the rescue as a PR stunt. That's oh, yeah? Well, you're a pedo. <laughs> so it's interesting. You can refer to somebody and just say, hey, pedo guy, and, just, and, and you can get away with it. I, but if I said, I believe you're a pedophile, I don't think I probably could get away with it. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, tone matters in the yeah. particulars, yep. Yep. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So are we doing our big Marshall Phillips announcement next? Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay. okay I think we should. A big show announcement. If you've been listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show for a long time, or, or even just today, frankly. Um, we have welcome. A big, we, yeah, yeah, welcome. welcome. <laughs> I just stumbled upon this. Uh, we have a big announcement to make, and then, uh, well, yeah, stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. A lot of good stuff to get to today of a variety of topics and uh, more on the big story out of the Washington Post. They, after a three-year legal battle, got the transcripts of hundreds of pages of interviews with U.S. officials, admitting that virtually everything that you've heard about how it's going in Afghanistan is a lie, uh, or at least uh, highly spun also, uh, we're pursuing our friend uh, Mike Lyons to see if we can talk about the program with, where we are training various Saudi youngsters in our military. Um, and one last week opened fire in a classroom in Florida, killing several of our brave young men. Uh, what the hell's going on with that? We'll have that for you as well. God, I'm going through this Washington Post story about the war in Afghanistan, and it's just, it. like I said earlier, every paragraph is more amazing and more angering. So we got to talk about that later. Right, right. In more detail. Well, let's see. I, I guess there's no way to get into this uh, except to get into it. Um, the, uh, well, yeah, okay. Well, let's just get into it. We have a major announcement about the future of the Armstrong and Getty show. And um, 
Well, frankly, we're we're switching to Spanish. We're going to go (laughs) Spanish language to reflect the demographic realities of the United States. And uh, no, we'll continue on in English, um, in spite of the fact that we can barely speak that. But Marsha Phillips, why don't you take over and uh, and and do the announcement? Yeah, it's your announcement. You can make it however you want. All right, here we go. The big announcement is that I have made my 2020 New Year's resolution, and it has absolutely nothing to do with push-ups. (laughs) <laughs> My New Year's resolution is I'm not going to be getting up at 1 in the morning anymore to come to work next year. Yep. The uh, <clears throat> Essentially, Marshall is retiring. Yep. My story, My story arc with the Armstrong and Getty show is coming to an end in the new year. Well, I hope there will be a postscript. I mean, we'd love to have you on now and again. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Long story short. Well, I want to hear more detail from Marshall. Marshall, go, in, go into your thought process here. Uh, t- tell us what's going on here. Well, the thought process has to do with a number of things. One, I'm not getting any younger. Two, I'm still uh, dealing with uh, eye problems. And this is going to be a good opportunity to stage the house, put it up for sale, and move on down the road. Do you have a plan for the, the next act of your life? Stage the house, sell the house. <laughs> sure, you have a short term, short term plan. Yeah, no, no, I don't, not yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, well, there are options. Am I correct that you're weighing at this point? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm uh, actually considering writing that uh, tell-all book that everybody's been after me to uh, write. <laughs> yes. Yeah, go ahead. And, That's fine. And, no, you and, have my permission. And I might uh, become a, a spokesperson for a worthy organization here in this area. Oh, that'd and be awesome. Once I know more about that, I will make sure you guys okay. know. Well, yeah. okay, because you had said something uh, last week. I don't know if you want to repeat it on the air about uh, you realized you need to have something to do, a plan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is when we were talking. I'm going, you know, one of the things I really have to put in place is, okay, uh, you wake up in the morning. What are you going to do? Now, I could start just waking up in the morning, and then uh, before you know it, it's 2 in the afternoon, and I'm surrounded with empty bottles of Chardonnay. And now we're talking. <laughs> right. But I, yes. I think after a couple of weeks of that, it right. would get old. So basically, there's uh, there's a lot of things in the Phillips estate that I need to go through and clean out. And this is this is going to give me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it might be a blessing in disguise that you've got a giant project staring you in the face because yep. I've I've known a lot of people. You you, you retire and and the whole okay now I can uh, I can what exactly right. now what am I going to do exactly? Right. <laughs> no no no. And the other thing too is as I've already kind of started working on this as I get into various things I go oh hey here's something I can do and that can go over there. There's a lot of different avenues opening up mm. at this point. Right yeah I get that it's a transitional period you know you have that big project to work on and a couple of other uh, irons in the fire good for you that's yeah. fantastic i mean obviously we will miss you bitterly around here um and your contributions to the show and miss just hanging out with you personally but i'm happy for you man just god go enjoy yourself hang out with friends do whatever strikes you as is the best thing for you at this point oh yeah God, go with our blessings, man. All here's, right. Here's the most amazing part to me. Yes. The number of people that get to uh, determine when they leave the radio business <laughs> and make an announcement on the air and right. say, I'm done, I've had a full career, and now I'm done, and get to say that are like 
I, well, you might be the only one I know. <laughs> it never it's happened. In the I single think, digit percentage. I think, I think Dennis Miller did something like that. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very, very few right. people in show business of any kind right. get to determine when when they leave. Usually, somebody else decides they don't want you before you decide you don't want them. So, congratulations on just that end. You are we we Joe and I have looked to you for a long time as an example of navigating the business. Because you you have to navigate show business yep. and and uh, the radio world and I'm sure TV's the same way of figuring out okay where am I going to fit in as times change and needs right. change and companies change. He's a change survivor, and, man. Yeah, He's a, like a cockroach. Being a survivor, is, <laughs> being a survivor in these industries is yeah. its own talent. Yeah. Hey, Marsh, how long yeah. have you been doing the news with us? Fourteen years. Oh my <sighs> God. Yeah. Oh, probably uh, longer than uh, Positive Sean's been in long pants. Probably true. I didn't start wearing jeans until I was 27. (laughs) He does that as little as possible. uh, Did you start as a disc jockey? Uh, You know, I started back in the day when you were everything. I was a disc jockey, then I was the production guy, then I was the news guy, all in one shift. Yeah, I I did that, too. Yeah, you kind of go from thing to thing to thing. The next thing you know, you're riding around in uh, some Jeep out in the middle of a a, uh, rainstorm and trying not to get washed away in the floods in Palm Springs during the uh, winter. So, so you headed down the news track then fairly quickly? No, I was a, I was a jock for a good 7 years, 8 years spinning the platters. Yep. Yeah, top 40. Taking caller 7s and such. Oh, yeah. Hit hit the jingle. Sometimes 9, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) If you knew there was going to be a lot of demand. Right. But but you've been a journalist for a long time because you've been arrested uh, with the the organization and that sort of stuff. So you you went the news direction at some point. I I always did news along with being a jock. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I worked in Tucson, Arizona, I was a jock. But I was also working on special projects like my mammoth. Radio special is Paul McCartney dead? <laughs> oh boy! It went, oh boy! It went on for hours and days, and you would not believe the phone action that whole thing generated back that in the day. When people were playing records backwards yes. and stuff, oh, that's exciting! So oh, yeah. we have a number of textures that assume your next thing is you're going to be a spokesman for the California lottery system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, can't, I can't really reveal any of this. The details haven't been worked out just yet. You know, I'm looking at the Twitter feed, and uh, already the conspiracy theories and the strong opinions and the adamant you guys betters have begun. Everybody calm the hell down. It's not the internet that I know. Um, <laughs> right. You only know the kindly yes, internet. the text yes. line, I hope none of Marshall's projects involve putting together a table. <laughs> I hope none of Marshall's future plans include doing push-ups. No, of course I don't. No Chard- table, no push-ups. Chardonnay Growers Association has hired him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so listen, nothing lasts forever, but go ahead. One more text. Are Marsh and Gladys running off together, or is Gladys staying? Gladys is staying. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I did That's make, funny. I did make eyes at Gladys some years ago. Oh, yeah. just we never, had an HR thing for a while, yeah. and a Me Too blow up, and yeah. it, was, it was ugly. It just never went anywhere, so yeah, I had to back off on that one. Uh, again, congr- the ability to get to announce on the air that I'm retiring and I'm leaving an X date as opposed to, 
One day you're just not there. Right. The yeah. other people on the show aren't allowed to say where you went. You walked right. to your car with a cardboard box and no longer right. have a key to the building. Right. I mean, right. that's the way and it works. We're ordered people. not to right. say anything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and again, down the line, we'll have some visitations because I do. I would like to update you as the adventures unfold, and I'm sure there will be many. Yeah. Oh, we demand it. Oh, yeah. There, there's that, and then I just. I'm interested, because I'll be there someday myself, I assume, uh, God willing, just the transition to, I don't have to be somewhere at a certain time. How does that, you know, fit into your psyche? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me we haven't actually announced when Marshall is leaving, and it is essentially the the end of the year. Thank you very much. See you later. The the end of the broadcast year, when we all go on Christmas vacation, that uh, that'll be it. Right. Right. We've uh, yeah, we've got we've got some things planned. We've got some ideas for that. Oh, by the way, may let me bring up one thing, and I it dawned on me last night. I've been meaning to tell you something. (laughs) Yeah, I am there. So I'll bet. No, don't you all owe me a sack of steak? Yes, we do. We do. You did win the. uh, You did win the. the de- what what did we call it? The, the Democratic pool. candidate death, death pool, pool update. Yeah, yeah you did yeah. win that. So yeah, we owe you steaks. Why did I say update there? That we've got a, We've got a number of things planned for you, including you getting your steaks. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Appreciate it, so, Marshall. There you and have I'm, it. And I'm envious. Heartbreaking. I'm going to start calling you short timer. Is that all right, Marsh? <laughs> I'm just going to play it half ass the rest of the time. <laughs> he does have a little bit of the senioritis. You can see the spring in his step and the smile on his face that he knows this is coming. He's leaving campus to go to McDonald's at lunch. He yeah, doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking right. to teachers yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Making up more news than usual. <laughs> hey, here's a coffee study. <laughs> Look at this. You know, I'm really, I'm kind of looking forward to the next time that I say, Marshall, that's a typical liberal news, whatever. And he, he just says, shut up, <laughs> I can only assume I'll never have this opportunity. I will just disappear from the air and uh, walk to my car with cardboard box. Start a blog or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I'm blogging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the fact that it's lasted this long is astounding to uh, everyone, including us. So, yeah, who knows? Someday. Well, thank you for your help, Marshall. You got it. Indeed. Uh, I want to talk about this WAPO story about the war in Afghanistan. Some of the quotes from it are just absolutely extraordinary. It shouldn't happen in a democracy, and if you don't know what we're talking about, stay tuned. Also, the impeachment hearing going on right now, anything from that, we'll let you know. 